0: Everybody and welcome to episode 20 of season two of Gunners and Blues. And my name is Sean Morgan. I am joined by Andrew Gump. This is our uh, basically return to Premier League episode for Chelsea. Uh, so we are excited to bring everything back finally after our national break. Yep.
1: Uh, At least it, it, was an inter- it was entertaining international break, if anything else, right? I all mean, the craziness we I mean, talked y- about
0: yeah it I, i'm i know there there were some decent goals scored too uh you know as much as i absolutely dislike the club that he pay, plays for and to a decent extent him uh that harry King was um like that was that was crazy i
1: a tra- wait a minute that was a travesty <laughs> Okay, that was Chesney being one of the shit tier keepers that everyone knows he actually is. He took a good two seconds to react to that ball leaving Harry Kane's foot. I don't know if you saw the amount of space that Chesney moved. It was maybe, maybe a foot and a half.
0: So if you that did, dude, did you not see the angle from like where you could see it whip?
1: Yeah, I mean, you could say that, but it doesn't uh, – still, there are problems with Chesney. I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. It no, was no, no, a good I, goal. I agree. It struck it well. Yeah. Don't get me wrong.
0: I agree. Chesney could have done a lot better. A lot better. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things whenever I see a, a keeper make a kind of a a glaring error where it seems like there's either a mental lapse or, you know, something where it's like, why didn't you – you know, it's, it's like your feet are made of lead. There's got to be something there, and like I said that maybe that whip on the ball just just hit it, but it was it was an entertaining uh, break, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked we talked about the Brazil Argentina thing. That's more where I was getting my entertainment from. Just how hilariously strange that whole thing is. If you didn't listen to the Arsenal episode, it was probably a good one. It was probably good. I'm gonna say it was a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah as I say, if you're uh, if you're you know tuning into this episode, you're not really uh, keen to listen to the entire talk about Arsenal's upcoming match then maybe just listen to like the first 7 or 8 minutes. Yeah. Uh I would say is where we where we transitioned. But uh this yeah. is the Chelsea centric episode. So before oh, yeah. we uh dive into talking about the match against Villa, do you have
1: anything that you know you wanted yeah, I've got, to Yeah, I got, got a little up... agenda. I got a little agenda. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't I don't agenda. Oh yeah. Let's hear so it. we're going to we're going to start off with some contract updates. Uh not the most exciting but very important for Chelsea at this moment in time. Then we got the injuries that we are suffering. i talk a little bit about internationals. Then we'll go to break. Then we'll talk about the Villa-Chelsea game. That's my plan because Sean forgot about our very cool, friendly anchor guy until the end of last episode. So I'm going to make sure we get him in here on the Blues because that guy is awesome. That guy gets me through my week. Anyway, I'm going to dive right in. Yeah, dive right in. So on the good part, we'll start with the good and with the bad. Um... Definitely good. Christensen looks like the contract extension is all ready to go. Uh, Christensen's been hitting new heights under Tuchel, even even better than under Antonio Conte, just really, really becoming, yeah, in the Chelsea circles, we call him the Danish Maldini. If you don't know who that is, probably the greatest defender, in my opinion, to ever live uh, an Italian player, just great, great player. But then on the negative side of it, Antonio Rudiger, has not really, his representatives not really even spoken to Chelsea. There's basically, we want 200 k after taxes. Uh, They're standing firm on that. And I can see from his point of view why he would want to do that. We've already got Real Madrid and PSG sniffing around because he'll be a free agent at the end of the season. He'll get a signing bonus. And PSG just seem to be handing out ridiculous, ludicrous contracts because... You know, apparently if you got it flaunted, FFP is dead. Long live FFP. (laughs) Um, uh, So that's the contracts as it goes. Not too much, but I thought it was very important. Popped it in there. Now we do have a few injuries coming back from the international break. It does look like Lukaku picked up a minor thigh injury. I myself am not worried. It may be that I'm just deluding myself because he's in my fantasy team, and I really want him to play. don't want to have to play my wild card this week. Um, it's a possible thigh strain. Like I said, he said he had it before he started. He got he got his yellow card, so he didn't have to play in the last game, you know, just helping the Chelsea boys out because he was uh, banned for the next game, the second yellow card. Um, we also, as I referred to in last episode, Thiago Silva will not be available because of Brazil FA nonsense. Like I said, you can hear about that in the Arsenal episode. Uh, and beyond that... Uh, not too many injury cons- concerns. Uh, Pulisic 100% had a terrible international break, by the way, guys. Not only did he get injured once again, this time it looks like a hamstring strain, uh, there was some interesting news that came out around the American squad. I know it's this kind of hearsay. Weston McKenney apparently broke curfew, broke COVID protocols, went out to meet a girl, then brought said girl back to the hotel room. There is a person that's kind of an in-the-know, so I'll take this 50-50, but apparently, and I'm I'm not making this up, like I said, it's kind of a 50-50 sort of thing. Apparently, it was Pulisic's sister. <laughs> well, I'm... <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> what? I bet, listen, you can dive down that rabbit hole if you want to. Uh, all I know is Weston McKinney plays for the American national team as well. Definitely broke COVID... Uh, COVID protocols, going out to a bar, then coming back with a girl. A lot of guys, a lot of people were saying that it was Pulisic's sister. Like I said, it, you know, her body, her choice, all that stuff, still probably not the greatest news that Pulisic was hoping for. And then he gets injured in the game. Not great. Uh, so he will definitely not be in the uh, match. Not that I, I don't want him to be injured, but I didn't expect him to start anyway. Uh, and then I'm just going to talk a little bit about the international break. Chelsea absolutely bossed it. Uh, both Werner and Lukaku notching up three goals apiece. Uh, And it's pretty obscene. In an international break where Werner scores three goals, basically the only thing you see is Werner miss, right? That was on the front page of Reddit, Mm -hmm. Werner miss. Because he did, it it, it was a big miss. The ball ball blew up, I'm not going to lie. It was a big miss. Still, he's already scored three goals. And then on the putrid Thing that is football Twitter in many circumstances. There's some great people on football Twitter and there's some absolutely awful people. I I just legitimately don't understand the hate boner that these people have for our own players. It's one thing to dislike another player, you know, another team's players. But Werner scores three goals. I'm happy for him, right? He's putting the ball in the back of the net. He looked happy, had a good time. There's a lot of really cool videos out of him, you know, messing around with Kai Havertz. uh, If you follow them on, you know, their Twitter. Pretty cool. Uh, Wee Billy G carrying the corpse that is Scotland <laughs> on his back, <laughs> on his back. Uh, absolutely, man of the match performance. I think he I think he started like four matches for Scotland, and he's been man of the match in fifty percent of those. So that's pretty awesome. Love the man. Our man. Armando Broja continues to score for Al, you know, Albania. I know he's not with Chelsea this season, but he's a Chelsea player. I'm super proud to see what he's doing. Uh, Jorginho, first-time captain of Italy, and they won 5-0. You know, we're just winning all around. Except for Pulisic, who is not winning all around. Um, Amy McKinney yeah, is. <laughs> something. Um, Weston McKinney is actually, it's been hilarious, the news stories. After that came out, Juventus said, yeah, we wanted to get some really good players in, but we couldn't sell Weston McKinney, which <laughs> didn't seem very nice either. It's like, hey, wait, I'm still a player. <laughs> <laughs> Not that not you know, it's been a good maybe it's been a good weekend, you know, international break. I don't know. Um beyond that, not too much to say. Uh on the international break side, like I said, very happy that most of our players are back, not very happy that the Brazilian FA is going to fuck with us for some reason. And, I mean you know some of the other Premier League teams as well. I, I didn't get really a chance to ask you in the Arsenal because I'm gonna ask you now, what like what is your take? How asinine does it seem? I know I'm kind of like coloring this, but I'm assuming you agree with how asinine does it seem that Brazil's like, well, we're going to invoke the five-match, you know, the five-day ban for your players that you didn't release who couldn't have played in the game anyway because of quarantine rules.
0: Like, it's it's very, uh, there's there's a, there's a really good word for it that I had just a second and then it kind of like slipped away. Uh, it's just a really shitty move on Brazil's part. And it it almost seems kind of just uh, I I'm really I'm trying to find that word uh, uh it's uh, tacky in a way it
1: almost seems right. petty petty seems petty, petty. Yeah.
0: that is the word I'm going for I'm like it, yeah. it sounds it has a an et sound at the end <laughs> I don't know what is it? what's the word no it's very uh, petty and I think it kind of speaks to how frustrated right how absolutely frustrated that Brazil was about a, a certain tournament that happened um, you know fairly recently that didn't quite go their way and and I, I, it feels like there's maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of bleed over from that.
1: A bit of petulance, I get you. I mean, I mean that also. Honestly, with FIFA backing them up on this, this has been a bad week for FIFA. We're gonna go a little bit off, like the Chelsea topic. Just, I don't know, anyone has heard. I know not a lot of people follow the football news as closely as I do. FIFA actually have proposed a two-year a World Cup every two years, and are serious about it. Uh, this is led by. We probably should have brought this up last time. This is led by one Arsene Begner. And I want to get your just quick ideas on that. But uh, by the way, all the European FAs and UEFA themselves have roundly rejected and said no, no, fuck you. We're not in. The, we're, that's not how we're playing. But what what are your thoughts on that?
0: So, they're twofold. I think, yeah. um, as a fan of Arsenal Football Club, ignoring mm-hmm. the the Wegener connection, because yeah. I, I really don't think that ultimately impacts my thoughts on this. Um, As a fan of a European club, uh, I don't really care for it. As somebody who knows that the vast majority of players would, in a lot of cases, almost only play for their international team if they could. And feel a significant, like, greater amount of pride and validity in themselves as a footballer when they're Mm -hmm. playing for their international team. I can see the merit that it warrants. It's just tough because you don't really make money playing internationally. That's not really, uh, you know, FIFA does. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) they don't. Yeah, so FIFA does, but I mean, it's a it's a matter of you know, it it pulls money from, you know, basically one group or one collective uh, group and gives it to a unified group, and well, that kind of sort of you know probably makes a couple <laughs> a couple of people upset yeah. uh so I, do I think that anything like that would ever happen no I think yeah. I mean you look at look at how you know a lot of I would say you know English fans look at their players going on international duty especially like Liverpool like like Liverpool fans are you know mind-boggled. When a player wants to go on, like and and would prefer to play for their, uh, you know, their home country than playing for Liverpool, it's like how how dare you? And I think f- for a lot of fans, they 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 look at you know, they look at this from a very shit perspective in that regard, because yeah, like I said, yeah. the players want to play for their international team, so so I get it. But will it ever happen? No.
1: I really hope not. Uh, It's very weird. It was also like internationals that happened during one month. Like all the qualifiers that only happened during October. Like it would just be October would be nothing but international qualifiers, which also it, it seems so weird. But it had a lot of like momentum, a lot of big names behind. I don't know. It seems ridiculous. Anyway. That's a good spot to break. I think hear about that from that really cool dude about anchor. And then we'll go into the meat and potatoes of the episode, which will be talking about the upcoming Aston Villa Chelsea match.
0: Let's hear this guy. Talk about anchor. Take it away. Welcome back. God, guys. So cool. Uh, let's hear about this uh, this dinner menu that you prepared for us. This meat and potatoes. Uh, upcoming match against Aston Villa, Stanford Bridge. Uh, some yep. interesting storylines, I, I guess. Uh, I, I know we talked a little bit about who who isn't going to be available. Yep. Uh, so so walk me through what you think the lineups are going to look like.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, first I'll just start with like the big absentees from Aston Villa. Emmy Buendia, like you, you know, we alluded to. Emmy Buendia has to quarantine for ten days, along with Emmy Martinez. Both the Emmys are out. Uh, actually, two very important players for Aston Villa. So not looking great for them already. You know, traveling to Sanford Bridge. Uh, but on top of that, you have to look at the danger man at Aston Villa right now. It's it's Daniel Ings, right? Up top it's one Daniel Ings. What what are you going to do? He's uh I mean he's been I mean he 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 does what he does at every club until he gets injured for war 6 months, right? <laughs> this this is what we've seen from Danny Ings. He's great at putting the ball in the back of the net. He moves well. He seems to me a you know a bit of a fox in the box. But then he gets injured and you know but you know for his sake I hope he doesn't. I don't feel like he is the type of player that gives our back three a bit of a problem. Even when Southampton are giving us the business last season, we said, "Well, the business, we we, lo- we didn't win." Anyway, let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> it was Takumi Minamino that scored. Um, John McGinn started off brightly. You'll see him in the midfield. Their back line, since Terry has let you know left his uh, role as assistant manager there. They haven't looked near as good defensively, right? You know, Emmy Martinez was everyone's fantasy pick for a keeper last year because they just kept clean sheet after clean sheet. And you do have to look at, you know, the start of this season. They've had basically the same defense, but they legitimately haven't looked the same, right? There's not not a lot of solidity. Martinez hasn't really. Um, they've looked easier to rattle,
0: I think. Is, yeah, is I've, the. Uh, I mean, I,
1: if there's one thing that you could talk about, John Terry at Chelsea, he was always, he was stolid, right? He he was there. He was going to make sure no one was passed as long as he was still breathing. Uh, but yeah, they they've looked a little bit easier. They, they've had a kind of in this different start to the season, 1-1-1, one, one, and one, so one win, one draw, one loss. Meanwhile, for us, I do think we're going to see a lot of changes, a lot of changes. Uh, certain players that have been able to stay back. You know, train with the squad. Remember, we actually have European football, unlike a certain other club we talk about on this cast. We have European football coming up, so we're going to want to keep some players fresher than others. You know, Jorginho basically played 90 minutes three times. I don't expect to see him get the start here. Uh, Mason Mount played quite a bit with um, England. Uh, So there's going to be a lot of rotation, a lot of rotation. I do think, obviously, Mendy, just he's just in there. You know, Kep has shown things, but Mendy, Mendy is the guy. He is one of the best keepers in Europe right now, in my opinion. It's debatable, but that's what I'm going to stick with. I <laughs> do think we see Marcus Alonso once again get the start over Chilwell. Alonso didn't have to go away for international break. Like I said, it's almost impossible. A- at the level that he's playing, it would feel really wrong to take him out at this point in time. Uh, it really would to me. Uh, Rudiger, we really don't have a left center back. Rudiger kind of holds all of the bargaining chips, so I do think you see Rudiger start. Um, Thiago Silva can't play at this hold, so Andres Christensen. And this is where it gets a little tricky, right? This is where it gets a little tricky. That With Rhys James being... Spended for the one game because of the red card. Do we see Azpilicueta play as a right center back or as a right wing back? Because if Azpilicueta plays as a right wing back, then we see Trevo Chalaba come in as right center back. I would love to see that happen. But if we see Callum Hudson-Odoi take Reese James' place, as we've seen, then that keeps Azpilicueta at the right center back. I honestly, no clue. I,
0: I, would, <laughs> I, would, I would want the former rather than the latter. I feel like... Defensively, especially... I mean, it's it's not as though... I mean, you kind of hinted at it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Danny Ings hasn't really been the... When you guys would get, you know, uh, the business done by Southampton, he really wasn't the culprit. But I think that hit, between him and Ollie Watkins, who should be getting, you know, the nod there for Villa, I think that defensively, I would be more comfortable, if I was a, a Chelsea guy, uh, to okay. see Chalba who... Is you know for whatever you know somewhat minimal mistakes that he's made, he's a very tenacious player, yeah, and right. and that I think you know uh, asp is a little little older, a little slower, um, a little more liable to get beat. And very. if you're looking to try to open things up, um, and like I said, this Villa team has seen some issues defensively to start the season. I would want him in that wing back role, uh, yeah. and then having Ch- so that's what I would prefer. But you, I mean, you said you're of the opinion that yeah. who who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I like the idea of the chaliba Aspi just because if we do not you know break Aston Villa down, bringing on Calum Hudson Odoi for Azpi or Chalaba, and then you know, having him play as a wing back, that just gives us another uh, attacking opportunity, another attacking player. So I think it's a good you know impact substitution.
0: Uh, a more flexibility.
1: Is, yeah, a lot more flexibility. I, so I think it's a good call on the Chalba getting a start. And I think that will actually put all the fans over the mood, especially being at Stanford Bridge, Chaliba getting a start. Everyone will love it. Now, this is where it's going to be very contentious. So I don't think Kante is completely fit. I know I didn't touch on it. I don't really want to risk him. We gotta We got to wrap him in all of the softness, everything, bandages, blankets, your favorite dog. I don't you know just make sure just make sure he's comfy. Um and so I think we actually see a debut for one Saul Niguez. I I he's been able to spend the vast majority of the international break at Chelsea working with Tuchel getting used to the system. He's looked good in all the training videos. And I think he is the player that kind of would best replace Jorginho after Jorginho's played, like I said, three games. I think he was like subbed off at the 80 minute, but then 90 minutes. So basically he's played around about 260 minutes of football over this international break. Not much of a break at all. Uh, so I think he kind of replaces Jorginho spot. And I do think we see Kovacic who has started very well this season. So a Saul Kovacic uh, midfield pairing. I'm very excited to see it happen. Uh If you look at statistically, Sal Niguez, is one of the has some of the best defensive per nine defensive stats per 90, which you would expect for any Diego Simeone player, right? Mm-hmm. Playing in the center of the midfield the, of any of our players at the club right now. So that's my midfield pairing there. So, I, uh, do you think Saul gets to start here? Or so, so do you think f-
0: so? For me, it's tough because it's, it's one of those things where Jorginho, even though he's played a lot, he plays a lot. Um and his his style of game really isn't as exhausting on him physically. And mm-hmm. this could be a matter of, you know, does he does he start and you know, is he one of the options to be subbed out? And maybe Nigga gets a terrible idea. Yeah, and you know, maybe he comes in and like gives him a nice spell. Uh to me that seems a I don't want to say more likely. But I think that uh, having that consistency there versus giving you know the guys the basically the keys to the midfield right off the bat. But if there's a player that can handle it, I mean, I, I think that somebody in a in a Simeone side has a certain level of individual discipline where they're not going to be rattled by any. Uh, Unusual circumstances, and just a regular league game against Villa for your first nod in the Premier League shouldn't be too unusual. So I I, I can see the merit of him starting, but I'm still leaning toward Jorginho getting the nod, but likely being one of the sub-options out, especially if he does show fatigue. If Villa tries to go through and maybe crowd the midfield um, or you know try to capitalize on maybe like some some heavy pressing so that way he can be forced into a mistake it wouldn't be the first time maybe a short you know shortened back pass doesn't quite uh go the way he would like um uh, yeah. so you know we'll we'll see what happens there
1: yeah no i get it uh the only reason i i bring up like the sao idea is just that we're playing basically seven matches in 21 days so we're playing a match every 3 days coming up it's it's one of those things if you're going to bed a player in that's going to have to go into that hectic because I like the idea of going you know bringing in here that way you'd imagine Jorginho plays against you know Zenit just it's a little bit easier it's going to be a little easier for him just moving on moving into that role against Zenit they are probably not going to be under so much stress but it like I said it's 50-50 right 50-50 that's what we're going to do that's our favorite <laughs> our favorite fraction however you want to put it Uh, on this podcast, and then we're going to go with our front three. Front three, I'm going to go with my heart and my head. I'm going to go with the two, three goal scorers that we had on international break. I do think we see Werner on the left, Romelu Lukaku, assuming he's fit, down the middle. And then it's very difficult on the right side, but I tend to lean towards Mason Mount. Just because he feels like a must include in any game that you think is going to have any, you know, it's going to be a scrap, right? There's going to be a bit of a scrap faster. They're not going to come over there and roll over like they did when they, you know, before they kind of cemented themselves in the Premier League. So for me, that's the front three. What do you see? Like, would you see any changes? Make any changes? So you,
0: you, so it's weird for me, right? Because I think uh, that if we don't see a a certain uh, you know maligned player in Timo Werner get the nod, mm-hmm. I I I, I start I start to worry about his confidence because he didn't he didn't start against Liverpool. He was a a sub option uh, for you guys against us. Uh, did he start against? Uh, Started in against he, st- he started against Palace. Started against Palace. Um, no, 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 no. yeah, he started against Palace. No, I,
1: I, that was Lukaku, Mount Havertz 100 percent
0: against Crystal Palace,
1: yeah.
0: And, yep. and, and, uh, I mean, did uh, did you know Lukaku started against us? You guys didn't have Lukaku, and um. I'm an idiot. Yeah, no, I'm an yeah. idiot. There okay, I'm go. saying your thing. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, now I'm, I'm like an idiot. No,
1: I completely yeah. blocked it out of my head. Yeah, yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, so, I so never
0: mind. I, I, I thought for whatever reason he didn't start against Palace. Um, yeah. so, so maybe I can see it a little bit more. It just, again, it, it's tough for you guys, to, or it's tough for me to predict what your guys' attack looks like, especially with this upcoming fixture congestion, because it's going to be about what matchup do we think, you know, warrants Timo Werner's speed. Versus Lukaku's physicality, and against a, you know, in a match like this where I think the the name of the game uh, is going to be exploiting a rather shaky backline, um, I I can definitely see Timo Werner (coughs) showing up. So I I like it. I like it. Do you? So do you feel like Kai Havertz is going to get a little bit of a, a little bit of a rest? Because I mean, for me, I look at what you know, like the the international break, and then just the sheer amount of minutes that Havertz has been playing versus you know, uh, I don't know, it's it's tough. What do you what do you think?
1: So what do you think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I can definitely definitely understand people's maybe worry on Werner not getting the starts here, not getting the starts there. But I do think they, they've said that Tuchel and Hansi Flick have been in close conversation uh, during this international break talking about Kai Havers and Timo Werner. And I just feel like this is the time, right? Three goals on the international break. This is the time to unleash this devilish duo of Lukaku and Timo Werner on the world. And I just, I don't, there's a reason that Timo was used so often by Tuchel last season. And he wasn't used as that 10, right? He was almost always used as a left inside forward. And I just feel like you can really you can really build on the confidence that he's built during this international break for Chelsea. Uh, yeah, that that's just, like I said, that's how I feel about it. It may be wishful thinking from the very beginning I've wanted to see the Lukaku-Timo... Partnership. I just, I've always liked the big and little thing. Maybe that's me going way, way back to when I first started watching football. And basically, in every four-four-two, there was a big and little pairing. Everyone loved it. I loved it. So, yeah. I said, I think they all get the job done. I think this is a three-one win. I want to say we're going to keep a clean sheet, but I never predict clean sheets after international breaks. Everyone's usually a little bit sloppier. I mean, you're playing teams a little bit farther down the table they don't have quite as many players leave on international break. What is your prediction for this match? So I'm actually
0: gonna go with a one one draw. And I think that for me what has me leaning a bit more toward it um is some of, are some of the absences. Uh and I think a I haven't I have a hunch. I just I okay. have a. I have a hunch. Uh, I think that Danny Ying's Gets a, um, gets an, between either him and Watkins, one of the two, bags an early goal, and then you guys end up chasing for a bit. Maybe this is one of those games where you have 18, 19 shots, 20 shots, uh, with a good half on target, and for one reason or another, they just don't fall. Uh, I don't think it's going to be some heroic goalkeeping. Uh, I think it's going to be a matter of it's one of those games where it's, it's bad luck, right? It's just straight up bad luck. You're right. they are coming off of international break. It no, I, I would say top club is ever really super sharp coming out of international break, and so if there's a slip up in your schedule where I, and again, I don't really ever feel like a Tuchel side is unprepared, but if there is a if there is a match where a slip up can happen due to maybe. Uh, some overconfidence on behalf of the players, or a couple of the players. I think this is going to be it, uh, considering who's likely to play uh, you know, here later on in September when you guys go and host Villa again for the um, Carabao Cup. Uh, aside from that, if you look at the rest of your matches in September, they're all decently tough. So I think that this is one where a slight slip-up happens, and... You know, it's it it's still not a super competitive game. I think that Chelsea very much outclasses Villa, uh, you know, at just about every aspect. But Villa's shown that they can be scrappy against top sides and are not easy to push around. So it's it's just a matter of what does uh, you know what does Dean Smith think is you know going to stifle you guys the most or frustrate you guys the most. And I think it's really individual performances, you know, from that uh, from that front too, from from Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins. But I wouldn't be surprised with a win. I'm just, the to, to sake of being contrary, and the fact that I, I don't know if the the, I, I can stomach, uh, another uh, you know, another uh, win for you guys. I don't think I. I, don't, I don't that wanna... hurts,
1: man. That kind of hurts. I thought. I thought you were my boy. I yeah. had to win for us. That's so, fine. It's fine. Fine. So, I'm. I'm just friends with. I'm just friends with the guy that t- tells us about Anchor now. Friendship <laughs> ended with Sean Morgan. <laughs> Only friends with Anchor Man now. <laughs> uh, well,
0: that's it. That's it for us. Actually, uh, here for the uh, for the week. So I wanted to thank everybody for listening. If you haven't checked out uh, Particle Docs, they are the cool hip-hop happenin' band that do our wonderful intro and outro music. Uh, there's a link to their band camp on every single episode. Uh, as well as whenever I posted on Twitter and Facebook, a link to all of the various podcast platforms uh, in which to listen to us and links to our other respective social media platforms. Uh, on our link tree, L I N K T R dot E slash gunners blues. And keeps I'm doing st- it. I know. It keeps doing it. Keeps it. doing it. Um I I'm still working on the merch thing. Uh that's still in in process. I'm still trying to iron out what it is that I that I want. Uh it's just a matter of getting a bunch of stuff approved. And then uh, we can we can go through and start rocking the merch. But we have a, a very special update that we hinted at on Wednesday. Uh, we also hinted at it last week. Uh, starting next week, we will be on YouTube. And that means that you get to see our wonderful faces. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, as we, you know, blather on through throughout the week. And hopefully... If uh, maybe the visual medium is more your preferred uh, method of digesting content, then, you know, hey, we're, we're going to be there for you. But if you're still one of those audio guys, then, uh, you know, you can just uh, keep keep listening to us on whatever podcast platform you have subscribed to Gunners and Blues on. And
1: All this right. will just help me from growing out my beard like a psychopath as well. I'm yeah. Just letting it, letting it go. <laughs> there, you go. It. there you go. There you go. Oh, I, mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. you guys are helping me. So, some accountability, right? Some accountability. Yeah. You gotta you
0: gotta make sure you stay in shape and your hair's cut and your you know your facial hair is, is like I I I keep mine like um short. Like I never completely shave because otherwise, uh, you know uh, the the old the old girlfriends are like, uh, hey, why why the fuck you look like you're twelve? Uh, and, um, <laughs> so, so, so it doesn't really, doesn't really do it for, uh, so, so the beard stays, but it's one of those, you know, short, like neatly kept beards. It's, uh...
1: Mine is right now, but, uh, I went through a, a good year long of very little care for my beard <laughs> and just let it kind of go. Uh, that was not a good look. Well, it's all right though.
0: Well, I'll, uh, maybe, maybe if, uh, if Arsenal loses... I'll do this, if Arsenal if Arsenal loses, oh, this weekend, I will I will shave and I will be clean shaven for the first episode.
1: Oh no! Yeah, what will Alex say? I I will
0: I will blame it on the loss.
1: I will blame it on the loss. Blame it on Arteta. Just get some of his hair. I know, right? His face. (laughs)
0: I'll uh, I'll go through and um, you know cut out his hair and put it as like an overlay onto the recording, so it looks like I have his hair as a beard. <laughs> this is guaranteed to happen if Arsenal loses. So we'll I love it. I love it. On, well, on that note, uh, let's yep. go ahead. Let's 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 call it a week. Uh, on or behalf wrap it up. of on behalf of Andrew, I am Sean. We are Gunners and Blues. We are signing out. We will talk to everybody next week. Have a good one.
1: Right, take it easy, guys. Standards.